soulmate. So much to talk about before, you know, we hit that holiday. It's it's Christmas Eve Eve, December 23rd. Welcome to Fox Souls Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Ecordelide Corte. We are so excited the holidays are right around yes. us. You know what else we're excited about? Even more than that, we're honored to stand behind this desk each day to take you on a journey across black America and the stories that impact our people. Our news, our views, and our voice. So let's get into today's top headlines. An Arkansas woman is dead after she was killed by police during a hostage situation at a Walmart store in Richland, Mississippi. Now, the suspect was identified as 21-year-old Corlunda McGinster. Video footage uh, posted online shows the hostage situation unfolding where the suspect appeared to be holding a terrified female store employee at gunpoint in the front of the store. Authorities have not said what led to McGinster allegedly pulling out that gun. The footage shows her yelling and waving a weapon around. No one else thankfully was injured during the shooting. A Florida man is in custody accused of killing his former girlfriend because she would she would answer his he would not answer his text or phone calls. This according to officers, 23 uh, year old Carlos Lamont Jones, the second was arrested this week and charged with premeditated first degree murder and deprivation of a firearm in the death of 23 year old Shadila Johnson. Reports detail that Johnson was on her way to work when she was confronted by Jones. Police said that the suspect's ex-girlfriend was shot with a semi-automatic pistol 15 times and was purchased. It was purchased just weeks prior to the shooting. The victim's father says that the couple had only been dating for about five months and broken up two weeks ago. Jones will be arraigned in court at the end of January. All right, absolutely terrible. But some good news this afternoon or evening. Uh, police have found the missing five-month-old twin that was reported missing earlier this week. Now, according to Columbus, Ohio police, Kisan Thomas, who was kidnapped with his twin while inside a car that was stolen on Monday, was found safe and alive in Indianapolis on Thursday, just hours after the suspect, Nyla Jackson, was taken into custody. Police say at the time of Jackson's arrest, Kaysen was uh, not with her, but was later rescued in that stolen Honda Accord, wearing the same clothes described to be wearing uh, when he went missing. Now, since Jackson crossed state lines with the child, she's also facing two counts of felony uh, kidnapping. Grammy award-winning producer Tom Bell has passed. He produced some of the biggest soul hits throughout his career, including the song, The Sound of Philadelphia. And as a member of the Songwriters Hall of Fame, his lawyers say he died at his home in Washington. And so far, no word on a cause of death. Thomas Bell, was 79 years old. Definitely responsible for the soundtrack of many lives. Okay, a black Detroit officer is being awarded actual damages after he was the victim of excessive force by one of his fellow officers. Johnny Strickland is entitled to $150,000 in actual damage by the city of Detroit and $1 in nominal damages by Casey Schmick, the white officer who is accused of handcuffing, harassing, and humiliating Strickland when he actually Accidentally entered an unmarked and unsecured crime scene. Strickland, an 11 year veteran with Detroit's police department, was suspended after he filed a complaint about race discrimination during the incident. But following his win in court, he says he hopes his actions will, quote, encourage other black officers to stand up for what's right. 
Black residents in Jackson, Mississippi could finally see federal aid in regard to the massive ongoing water crisis. According to local reports, state lawmakers announced this week that the year-end funding omnibus bill will include $600 million in federal funds to fix Jackson's water crisis and rebuild the city's drinking water system. Now, if Congress approves the bill, $150 million will be allotted for technical assistance and $450 million will go to capital projects. All right, soulmates, let's talk about this weather as conditions across the nation have become dangerous as we've experienced right here in Detroit. And now more flights are canceled and delayed, but this is a big problem across the country. Hundreds of planes are parked, passengers waking up uh, this morning in airports and most likely uh, will have to find a way to find some accommodations as hotels are jam-packed. Fox's Madeline Rivera has the story. Forecasters say it's shaping up to be one of the worst winter storms in decades, affecting millions nationwide ahead of the holidays. You're supposed to be used to it, but you never get used to it. Not this anyway. This is real cold. This is frigid. A powerful and life-threatening winter storm is causing havoc across the country, bringing intense winds, extremely low temperatures, snow, and freezing rain to portions of the West, Midwest, Great Plains, Gulf Coast, and eastern United States. Trying to shovel in little bits at a time because it's so cold out, um, but more tomorrow too, I'm expecting. So far, thousands of flights have been canceled during one of the busiest travel weeks as frustration grows. We've been here for like an hour and a half now. Yeah. Nobody's been answering our questions. They just send us to like four different places. I'm sleeping in the airport. A blast of Arctic air is only making things worse. The National Weather Service placing more than half of the U.S. population under wind chill alerts, with some regions experiencing a roughly 50 degree drop in temperature. Across the Gulf Coast, the extreme cold spell has residents seeking warming shelters. I'm going to charge up all my electronic devices. I'm going to make sure I'm warm. I'm going to eat all my snacks and I'm going to stay here as long as I can. Heavy rain, meanwhile, has communities along the East Coast worried about flooding as crews also prep for dangerous black ice. Yeah, snacks are absolutely essential. I, I agree with the brother. Now, meteorologists say the brunt of these uh, conditions should chide, uh, die down come Saturday morning. We want you to stay safe. Meanwhile, multiple states are declaring a state of emergency due to the severe weather that's touched down across the nation. In Colorado, Governor Jared Paulus authorized the activation of over 100 Colorado National Guard members to support extreme cold weather operations across the state. In Connecticut, Governor Ned Lamont says that the state will activate its emergency operations center in enhanced monitoring status. Other states that have emergency plans ready to go are Georgia, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, Missouri, North Carolina, New York, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. Now, this all comes as experts say that this year, almost every state will freeze by tomorrow. That being Christmas Eve, temperatures plunged to dangerous levels across the country on Thursday as a continent spanning cold front moved down from Canada. Now, according to the National Atmospheric and Oceanic Administration, says that all lower 48 states will experience below 20 degrees. That is 
crazy. Now, in many places, that change is happening with staggering speed, resulting in a drop of 20 degrees Fahrenheit within an hour or less. I know um, my husband's down in um, Huntsville. That's where he's from, and they're getting ready for uh, 18 degrees. Mm. I know here uh, in the Midwest, and particularly in Detroit, uh, will drop down to the single digits. You add in that wind chill factor, we're expected to get down to like negative 25, 26. So it, it is Mother Nature, old man winter, on and popping, and we're going to do our best to get you out of here yes, this please. afternoon, this evening. Yes, please. To California. Yeah, to California, and you know, so far my flight's only been delayed once, okay. so fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I will get out of here uh, this afternoon uh, on my way home, but you know, just walking out of the house this morning. Oh, you, this is a different kind of cold, <laughs> y'all. I'm telling this you. This ain't no West Coast cold. No, you gotta, the, the key is to layer up. You have to layer up and you don't stay out there as long as you need to. So, yeah. you know, as you saw in the piece, you, you shovel a little bit at a time or maybe if you can, hire a service or, or one of these young folks to come knocking on your door say, can I can I shovel your snow? And you just don't stay out there as long as you, as you need to. And don't get in your car without a scraper. Uh, my oh. thanks to uh, uh, my uh, uh, EP, uh, Anitra, for <laughs> gifting me this winter with my very own car scraper. And that's a deluxe scraper, by the way. Yeah. That's not the little simple one you get on at the corner gas station. Get, that, that one has It some. elongates and it contracts yes. and, you know, it's pretty fancy. And so big thanks for that. Yeah. Bottom line is we want you to stay safe. It looks like yeah. we're all going to be experiencing some crazy temps. Uh, stay safe and uh, make sure you take all of those uh, precautionary measures. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in Virginia, uh, Democratic State Senator Jennifer McClellan has secured her party's nomination to succeed the late Donald McEachin in Congress. McClellan won with some 23,000 votes, defeating Senator Joe Morrissey in the 4th Congressional District primary. A special election will be held in February, and if she wins, McClellan will become the first black woman to represent Virginia in Congress. Can you believe that? Very cool. In 2022, that she'd is, be the first. That's going to be great. Wow. All right, let's check in with Brittany Griner, Phoenix Mercury star. She may be back home, but she's not forgetting about a fellow American imprisoned in Russia. In an IG post, Griner urged her fans to write letters to Paul Whelan, the ex-U.S. Marine who is serving a 16-year sentence on a spying conviction. She says getting letters while locked up helped her, quote, hang on to hope. She also wants to keep Waylon in the spotlight until he is also released. Griner also posted a handwritten note thanking her supporters. Dozens of Detroit entrepreneurs now have the green light to open up a pot shop. City leaders have approved several retail permits for recreational marijuana businesses. Fox 2's Charlie Langdon has the details. Wow, this is a, uh, a definitely a day for the history books. The history books related to recreational marijuana. Thursday, now legal in the city of Detroit. Are you excited that you got a recreational license? Of course, we've been waiting since we opened for the recreational license. And why wouldn't the manager of the herbalist on Warren and Greenfield be happy? They were one of just 33 recipients of the first adult-use marijuana retailers in Detroit. We're going to have more people, more product. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Recreational marijuana use was approved by voters in Detroit four years ago, but council debate and ordinance revision and lawsuits caused the delay. This industry 
it's one that allows for those who have typically and uh, historically have been persecuted for this same plan that now folks are making a lucrative uh, lifestyle uh, from. The state of Michigan predicts recreational cannabis sales will be $3 billion in 2024, with the city of Detroit now sharing in the profits. And dispensaries that were in limbo can now open. We're paying bills on buildings that we're not even using. Both uh, Her City, Chronic City um, is closed and High Profile is closed. So we're excited to get back open. The city received 90 applications but issued only 20 social equity licenses. Those owners who live in the city and have a business where the marijuana conviction rate was higher than the state of Michigan average. As well as they issued 13 non-equity licenses. It seems like there are a lot of licenses out there. There are a lot of licenses but every day the door swings open and we have to turn people away every day, 30, 40 people a day that just want to use uh, uh, marijuana. And uh, now we actually get to take them in and bring them into our home and show them how we can uh, supply them. The city will issue a total of 160 marijuana licenses in three phases. The next phase, 120 days from today. Is it a good Christmas gift? Right in time for the holidays, right? (laughs) Love it. (laughs) The city will issue a total of 160 marijuana licenses in three phases, and the next phase will be four months from now. Our thanks to uh, Charlie Langton uh, for that report. Uh, I don't know. Do you think it's going to make for a, a good Christmas gift? That was a lot of weed. Like, I don't partake, so sometimes it... Yeah. it, it, it I, how much do you actually need? Well, may, well maybe that they were buying so it in bulk yeah, for Christmas I, yeah. gifts. Maybe they were using them as stocking stuffers. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I, I just come from a generation where it was just, it was, it was illegal, it was wrong, right. it was taboo, just it say was no. hush hush, just say just no. Say no. Yeah. So I still have, the, even though I don't, it, I think even if I did partake, I would still be like, ooh, you know, out in public, because you know, weed was always something that you had, like in a little box uh-huh. on the, on the, under the, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and my mother, well, let me not say that, but, <laughs> but it was called hashish back in the day, but so that. That's what is is triggering me. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole thing that now it is it is it is acceptable uh, for some states and areas. It's not illegal. You can have it out. You can puff puff la la. And so I'm just sort of kind of getting over that because I really come from a, a generation where it was a no no. Yeah. And you or and, and if you did it, you hid it in only in your home mm-hmm. or with people that you knew. And then you rolled up the little things. These big old things that people yeah. are doing now. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I think culturally, it's really. Um, it's really interesting to see mm-hmm. the stigma starting to drift away yeah. uh, around, you know, marijuana use and, and all of its different forms. And, you know, I just think as we continue to move forward, it's going to be really important uh, that, you know, we regulate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, medical marijuana and recreational uh, marijuana appropriately. Um, but it's really exciting to see so many different cities across the country, so many states across the country um, sort of, you know, beginning to do this. And so we'll continue to keep our eye on it. Yeah. Um, and might I also we'll add see. We'll see. Uh, the economic impact uh, of the legalization and regulation of, of marijuana um, is still to be determined. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money in this and a lot of folks want to make sure that black folks, you know, are also benefiting from uh, the legalization and regulation that, of cannabis. Have, you're going to have to pay attention to how they regulate to, right. to make sure it's, 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 a, it's a fair deal. Now, I can do a gummy, but I can't do it with all the T-C-H-B-C-H. I can't, uh-huh. you know, the T-C-A-T, you know, 
Yeah. The AT&T. Whatever it's called in there. <laughs> the, what is it called again in my ear? THC. THC. Yeah, I can do a gummy. I was joking. No THC. Yes. I'll be sleeping till Christmas 2024. I can't do it. We don't want that to happen, but still ahead. Now that the holidays are here, many, many, many people are feeling a burnout at work. We'll tell you what experts suggest to combat the feeling heading into the new year. Maybe take a day off. Don't go. Call in sick. That's what I'm saying. Maybe take a gummy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll be Welcome back. A homeless black army veteran allegedly beaten by Colorado Springs police during an October traffic stop has filed a federal civil rights lawsuit against the three officers involved in that encounter. That's right. The lawsuit alleges that CSPD officers Colby Hickman, Matthew Anderson and Christopher Hummel violated Dalvin Gadsden's Fourth Amendment rights by using excessive force. The suit alleges that each defendant also failed to intervene in preventing the other defendants and using excessive force against Gadsden. In a statement, CSPD said that its Internal Affairs Division opened an ongoing investigation into the arrest, but noted that a separate administrative review found that the officer's use of force was in line with department policy. A New Jersey landlord accused of soliciting sexual favors from tenants in Elizabeth on the verge of being evicted or in financial trouble has been indicted by a grand jury. A grand jury sitting in Union County indicted Joseph Centenani, 75 on 23 counts of second degree sexual assault and 19 counts of fourth degree criminal sexual contact. Investigators say Centenani offered both men and women ranging in age from 22 to 61 reductions in rent, eviction delays and other financial assistance from 2013 to 2020. The indictment came a year after Centenini agreed to pay four and a half million dollars in penalties to settle a Department of Justice lawsuit accusing him of violating the Fair Housing Act. Centenini remains free on court ordered pretrial monitoring. A black community activist and former journalist who relies on a mobility scooter was arrested while protesting the removal of the remaining Confederate statues in Jacksonville, Florida. Ben Frazier, president of Northside Coalition of Jacksonville, attended a city council meeting following a rally to remove a Confederate monument, monument at a nearby park. Now, during the public uh, comment portion of the meeting, he spoke longer than his allotted time. Council President Terrence Freeman then notified him that his time had expired moments later. As you saw, police officers attempted to remove Frazier before he dropped to the floor. Frazier, who has a who has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis, was taken to the back of a police cruiser. Frazier has since been released without bond, but it has not been announced whether the state has dropped those charges. Black Americans who saw cryptocurrency as a way to close the racial wealth gap and get rich outside of traditional financial methods are now regretting it as the value has hit rock bottom. According to a September Pew Research poll of more than 10,000 U.S. adults, 18% of black Americans had invested in, traded, or used cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, uh, compared to 13% of white Americans. 
working class black Americans weren't the only ones who jumped into the crypto game and lost. Several notable black figures, including the New York City mayor, Eric Adams, NFL wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., and rapper Jim Jones promoted cryptocurrency and lost money during its decline. Large companies, including the NBA and Major League Baseball, also got in on cryptocurrency. Florida Senator Mark Rubio has introduced legislation to completely block and prohibit transactions from all social media companies within or under the influence of foreign countries of concern like China and Russia. Now, this could spell trouble for black creators like those who relocated to Atlanta, which is a hotspot for influencers like black influencers of the Collab Crib. That's a group of content creators who gave up their college careers and nine to five jobs to create full time to cash. Cashes uh, on uh, cash in on the China-based TikTok platform. Now, TikTok has attracted a monthly rate of more than 80 million users in the United States. Reportedly, more than half of the platform's users are under the age of 34 or identify as millennials. Globally, Black users make up nearly 30 percent of the total users on the app. Researchers at the Duke Center for Healthcare Safety and Quality are proposing small solutions for a big stress problem. Healthcare workers are facing burnout from dealing with COVID and flu cases, and where the, fo where, and where the focus of the study, scientists say, uh, thinking positively or doing what they call micro-meditations for just a few minutes can improve long-term mental health. The thoughts can be simple, like remembering a time of awe. Researchers say emotional exhaustion is linked to medication errors, delays of care, and communications breakdown. Or sometimes you're just tired. Yeah. You're just tired. I, I know it's very difficult, you know, with all the, the roles that we play and the different areas and aspects of our life that you have to show up in. Sometimes it's just a matter of not being able to have enough self-time as the report sort of mm -hmm. kind of indicated. But sometimes it's just, you know, not having enough rest, a, a moment to to um, breathe and, and take a breath. And sometimes that can just be, you know, the, the whole rip and run and demand on our lives. And, and sometimes that can just be that people have, that the busyness and chaos and confusion and go, go, go has become like a default setting. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you need to, you know, peel that back and, 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 and redirect and shift. But sometimes it's just a matter of not being able to get enough rest. You look up, you know, it's, it's eight in the morning. You look back up, it's two in the afternoon. You look back up, it's 11 o'clock at night. Oh, you got a testimony for us today. I do, I do. <laughs> and so it's, it's time management. Yeah. It's, and it's really prioritizing, but yeah. it is tough. It's easier said than done. I don't care what the research says. Yeah. It's tough and add in husband or, or wife, kids, uh, you know, we're taking, maybe taking care of our parents or yeah. whatever the case may be, the demands on the job. It's just very tough. There's a lot of demands. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and I think also part of it is the over-communication of it all. Mm -hmm. I, I think we communicate a whole lot mm -hmm. uh, on our devices. You know, you got your emails to check. You got your text messages to stay mm -hmm. on top of. Mm -hmm. You know, you got phone calls. And, you know, um, it, it's, it, there's a lot of demand on us, yeah. uh, you know, to, to show up and, and to be your, you know, your, your mama's son <laughs> and, and, your, yeah. and your, your, your brother's sister and but all that. See, but see, I know how to put the phone down. I will turn, I will put that mm -hmm. phone down and put it somewhere else in the house and be like, I tried to. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to get to folks when you can get to yeah, folks. Yeah, that's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Well, in the meantime, woosah. <laughs>
<laughs> That's a good start. Especially as Americans finish up their holiday spending, Ooh. lawmakers in Washington are also working on their latest spending plan as well, with many in fear that the U.S. won't have enough money to get the country to September of next year. Hmm. Agreed to. The gavel fell in the Senate without much time to spare. It's one of the most significant appropriations packages we've done in a really long time. Significant in part because the Senate has signed off on a $1.7 trillion spending package outpacing even inflation. Democrats got what they wanted, expanded social spending, and many Republicans got what they wanted, a big boost for the Pentagon. So that was my biggest goal was to get money into the Pentagon above inflation. And following this week's in-person lobbying effort by Ukrainian President Zelensky, the package includes $45 billion for the war effort. An attempt to keep Title 42 pandemic restrictions in place along the southern border threatened to derail the deal, but it ultimately failed. And from opponents, there were the now familiar argument about the sheer size of the bill. Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott tweeted out a video of himself sitting behind all 4,000 plus pages. There's no way that anybody has read this bill that we just voted on. But vote on it they did, and now it's the House's turn to have a crack. Democrats and some Republicans want to get this done before the GOP takes control of the chamber next month, making this kind of deal making even more difficult. And also helping get this along is the massive winter storm that's preventing many lawmakers from getting home for the holidays. Yeah, speaking of spending, um, you plan on doing a, a lot. I know that's been a topic of debate. You know, you don't want to stretch yourself too yeah. much. You don't want to kind of live beyond your means. You know, things might be a little tight for some people, yeah. as we experienced during Thanksgiving with those grocery prices, mm -hmm. uh, you know, spiking. Well, well, we always budget. We, okay. You know, we always budget for, for the holidays and, and, you know, and that's exactly what we intend to do. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're not going to get wild and crazy mm -hmm. with it, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're going to be sensible about it, but, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, to gifting some of our family members yeah. uh, uh, with, with a few things. Yeah, a few that's, things. What, that's what we're going to do. We're going to pass on each other. That's, yeah. And that has a lot to do with our birthdays come at the top of the year. We're, yeah. both, we're like two days away from each other in February. So we'll do something special then because he is going to owe me because we won't unfortunately be together for Christmas. Yeah. So I don't know if I want a diamond watch. I don't know. <laughs> so he will pay. A what? But, <laughs> right. But like you, we're going to gift other family members yeah. and chill with ourselves and, and make good on it at yeah. the top of the year during birthday time. I mean, we, we typically spend New Year's, you know, doing mm -hmm. sort of our own thing with friends, right. um, you know, or on vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, this year we're going to be in L.A. for New Year's and so looking forward to spending that time with mm -hmm. some friends. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, do what you can. Don't don't overextend yourself, folks. Don't do it. All right. Don't do it. We stick won't. to your budget. We'll try not to. We'll try to stick right to that budget. Uh-huh. Still ahead, buying Christmas for the Bayou. We'll introduce you to the NOLA native that's giving back this holiday season. Stay close. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. We'll be right back.
welcome back soulmates and Merry Christmas Eve Eve. If you are just joining us, let's recap some of today's top stories. We start uh, in Mississippi, where an Arkansas woman is dead after she uh, was killed by police during a hostage situation at a Walmart store in Richland. The suspect was identified as 21 year old Corlunda McGinster. Video footage posted online shows the hostage situation unfold where the suspect appeared to be holding a terrified female store employee at gunpoint in front of the store. Authorities have not said what led to uh, McGinster allegedly pulling out that gun. The footage shows her yelling and waving that weapon around. No one else was injured during the shooting. And a Florida man is in police custody accused of killing his former girlfriend because she would uh, would not answer his text or phone calls. Now that's according to officers. 23 year old Carlos Lamont Jones II was arrested this week and charged with premeditated first degree murder and deprivation of a firearm in the death of 23 year old Shadela Johnson. Reports detail that Johnson was on her way to work when she was confronted by Jones. Police said the suspect's ex-girlfriend was shot 15 times with a semi-automatic pistol. Uh, that was purchased just a week prior to the shooting. Jones will be arraigned in court at the end of January. And how about some good news? We need good news to deliver. Uh, police have found the missing five-month-old twin that was reported missing earlier this week. Now, according to Columbus, Ohio police, Kaysen Thomas, who was kidnapped with his twin uh, while inside a car that was stolen on Monday, was found safe and alive in Indianapolis Thursday, just hours after the kidnapping suspect, Nala Jackson, was taken into custody. Police say at the time of Jackson's arrest, Kaysen was not found with her, but was later rescued in that stolen Honda Accord wearing the same clothes described to be uh, wearing when he went missing. Since Jackson crossed state lines with those children, she will also be facing two counts of uh, felony kidnapping. And lastly here, we've been talking about it all show long and really pretty much all week. It's the historic winter snap. Reports show almost every state will freeze by tomorrow. Will you look at that? My goodness. Christmas Eve, okay? Temperatures plunge to dangerous levels across the country on Thursday as the continent-spanning cold front moved down from Canada. Now, according to the National Atmospheric and Oceanic Administration, all lower states, all lower 48 states, as you so mates, below 20 will experience below 20 degrees in many places. Uh, that change is happening with staggering speed, resulting in a drop of 20 degrees Fahrenheit within an hour or less. We want you to stay warm and stay safe. Nicole, lie back to you. Yikes. All right, now life expectancy in the United States dropped for 2021. Now, according to the CDC, the life expectancy of, of the average American fell to 76.4 years in 2021 compared to 77 years in 2020 and over 78 years in 2019. It's the shortest U.S. life expectancy since 1996. COVID-19 is largely to blame for the decline. The virus has killed more than 1 million Americans during the last three years. The CDC also reported fatal overdoses from drugs, including, including fentanyl, had a sharp spike in 2021. But what's killing most black Americans, you might wonder? Well, it's heart disease followed by cancer. That being said, women can still expect to live longer than men by about six years. 
The prestigious U.S. Military Academy at West Point has decided to take down a portrait of Confederate Army leader Robert E. Lee. Now, the portrait of Lee dressed in his Confederate uniform has been hanging in the Academy's library since the 1950s. A stone bust of Lee and a quote from him will also be stripped from the Academy's honor plaza. The moves are a part of a Department of Defense directive issued in October, ordering the Academy to address racial injustice and do away with any installations that, quote, commemorate or memorialize the Confederacy. Back in my home state, the University of California, San Francisco, is apologizing for conducting dozens of unethical medical experiments on at least 2,600 incarcerated men in the 1960s and 1970s. The report focused on research by two of the school's dermatologists, Dr. Howard Maybach, who still works there, and Dr. William Epstein. The two conducted the experiment on men at the California Medical Facility. Some of those experiments include putting pesticides and herbicides on the men's skin and injecting it into their veins. The practice was halted in 1977. Maybach released a statement expressing dismay in taking part in the research. One report found that many of Maybach's uh, publications during his career perpetuate race as a biological construct. Maybach says he has now come to the understanding that race has always been a social and not a biological construct. All right, hip hop heads, especially first generation hip hop heads, U.S. Senator Kristen Gillibrand has announced $3 million, uh, $3 million in funding to go towards the construction of the Universal Hip Hop Museum. Now, the project, which broke ground in the South Bronx back in May of 2021, is slated to open in 2024. The Universal Hip Hop Museum aims to become a tourist hub honoring the genre's influence over art, music, fashion, film, marketing, entertainment, and more. The museum will also celebrate the pioneers who built the culture, such as Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, DJ Cool Herc, Run DMC, and the notorious B.I.G. Now, according to several news sources, the funds attained by Senator Gillibrand will go toward helping support of the interior of the facility, which is currently under construction in the Bronx. <laughs> We love to see. Yeah, man. Well, just in time for the holidays, a Houston entrepreneur is giving back to the community at a local Walmart. Fox 26's Coco Dominguez was there for the special moment. They're grabbing bikes and toys and trains and cars and everything they can get their hands on. As Molo was given back to the community, she is a local entrepreneur, and Santa came a little early for many families. How are you? Merry Christmas! Today, I just decided I wanted to walk in Walmart and bless other kids and families and single moms. I do it because I love the kids, and because when I was a kid, I was less fortunate myself. What you really want? How does it feel to be able to get together and do something like this, guys? Ah, it feels amazing! I'm so excited. All these kids are happy. I love to see their smiles. And how important was it for you to make sure you included Lele in this? This is very important. Do you see how crazy these kids are going over Lele? Yes. <laughs> like, I think they're more excited to see Lele than get Christmas gifts. Lele alone is a Christmas gift. Yes! <laughs> 
<laughs> Unfortunately, your stuff is completely sold out. Yes, uh, I asked her because it was people asking and she said that it was the first thing that sold out. The clothes, the dolls, the microphone, the bowls, everything's gone. So how important is it when you see kids that need toys, that don't have toys, and you're here to help them? It's very important to me. You see that very often, and it's not something that you want to see, so you just want to do as much as you can to help them. I have not been home in so long, and when I got here, this is the first thing that I wanted to do. You live such an amazing life, and tell me why it's important for you to make sure as a female entrepreneur, you're not just out there living, you're out there giving as well. You have to. I mean, this city really is an amazing city. I love Houston, and Houston has been supporting me since day one, so these times for the holidays is my times where I give back to my city. Moa, who is the owner of Kiss Houston Selective Group and works at many of the club establishments around the area, says she does it for their smiles. Coco, I, I'm just like overly excited about this. This is something I love to do. I love my city and just seeing the kids smile and saying they want this for Christmas is just, it's an amazing thing. Happy holidays! Happy holidays! Merry Christmas! From Molo. I love you, Coco! <laughs> love you! Coco Dominguez reporting. It's Fox 26 News. Feliz Navidad! <laughs> And what a wonderful way to celebrate. You had uh, Coco Dominguez uh, over there uh, capturing the spirit of Lolo and Lele. It, Coco, uh, Lolo, and Lele. <laughs> you gotta love That's it. That's a party right yeah. there. It's Lele, a, a wonderful uh, young lady um, who kind of broke wide across social media, has this amazing following, and uh, a, a great um, example, I feel, for her generation, just, you know, young black girl, positive yeah. and I think she's got some deals with Disney and some other I mean just exploded on social media just from you know being so consistent and positive and bright and articulate and people caught on and they followed her which shows that you know we, we have that in our community too yeah you know whether mainstream wants to really acknowledge it or not um, that young black talent is there and she's an example of it yeah, yeah. And, and, th and that's Molo, uh, Lele, and, and Coco was obviously reporting. Mm -hmm. But what I love so much about these stories is that it doesn't just capture the holiday spirit, mm -hmm. but it captures the human spirit. You know, you, you, you heard Molo sort of talk about wanting to give back to her community, wanting to pour into uh, the people of Houston. And mm -hmm. to me, that's what the holiday spirit is at its very best. And mm -hmm. so I'm just so glad that we could bring that story to our soulmates. It was a great story, yeah, yeah. especially for the uh, holiday season. We're almost there. Well, we're in season, but the Christmas, we're almost there. I know. We're on yeah, the cusp yeah, yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. Season's greetings to you. Well, same to you, sir. <laughs> Still ahead, the latest entertainment and sports headlines. You're watching Foxo's Black Report. Oh, oh, oh. R. Kelly's one-time manager has been sentenced to a year in federal prison. That's right. Donnell Russell was convicted of making telephone threats against a theater in New York City. The threats were an alleged attempt to stop the screening of a documentary about Kelly's alleged abuse. Russell, who is from Chicago, is already set to serve 20 months in prison for harassing an alleged victim. He is expected to turn himself in early next year. 
And actor Orlando Brown was arrested in Ohio Thursday morning on a domestic violence charge. Officers were called to a home for reports of a fight just before 10 a.m. Brown's brother told police that the actor came after him in a threatening manner with a hammer and a knife. Brown has been charged with a misdemeanor count of domestic violence. He is being held at the county sheriff's office without bond. All right, y'all, inquiring minds want to know, will Dwayne Wade be able to add Hall of Famer to his resume? Well, the Nazmuth Basketball Hall of Fame has announced the nominees for the 2023 class. It's headlined by legendary NBA player Dirk Nowitzki, Pal Gasol, and Dwayne Wade. Now, his career was as good as almost anyone who's ever played, and now Dwayne Wade is a nominee for the Nazmuth Basketball Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. Now, after leading Marquette to the Final Four in 2003, he won three NBA titles with Miami in a 16-year career that included 13 All-Star appearances. Yeah, it's been debated for for a while, you know, if he was one of those premier upper echelon, you know, athletes or just an athlete with a great career, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and and I think some people would have argued he was like right on either you're either he's in there or maybe right mm -hmm. on the cusp or not. I mean, that's just been the argument for a while. I say, you know, when you look at his rap sheet, his stats, I say put him in there. I say put him in there. He's definitely amongst the conversation. There wouldn't have been, you know, uh, uh, as many championships as there have been without his support, um, you know, and his lead uh, on on and his the way he's you know rallied teams. And I think he's been uh, pretty crucial for some of the teams that he's been a part of. And so I say I say thumbs up on it. Congratulations to him. He's waited for a long time. I think that has a lot to do with that debate. Yeah. As to, did he really? you know, match that criteria. And he's in good company with Paul Gasol. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, he is just as celebrated off the court mm -hmm. as he is on the court. And you look mm -hmm. at, you know, what, what he's done, you know, uh, off the court, uh, his advocacy and support of his daughter Zaya and in support of black businesses and just all the, the work that him and Gabrielle Union have been doing together. Yeah. I think when you put it all together, he feels like an NBA Hall of Famer. Um, and so uh, we'll continue to keep you updated on that. But congratulations mm -hmm. to Dwayne Wade and Paul Gasol and, uh, and Dirk Nowitzki. He listen to you. Uh, you better for, come on and talk about sports yeah, and NBA. Of course, of course, of course. Well, you know, uh, congratulations to all of them <laughs> for being uh, uh, nominated. That's a pretty big deal. Proud of you. <laughs> well, like father, like son, Deion Sanders' quarterback son has officially announced he's going to join his dad at the University of Colorado Boulder this upcoming football season. Uh, Shader Sanders released his video on Twitter showing him outfitted in a Colorado Boulder football uniform. The move should come as no surprise as earlier this month, Deion, also known as Coach Prime, uh, he announced that uh, he was taking his son with him as the team's starting quarterback in a press conference. Now, uh, Shader Sanders did such a formidable job as the quarterback at Jackson State University that he was awarded the Jerry Rice FCS National Freshman of the Year Award as well as the SWAC Freshman of the Year Trophy last season. Now, in his second year, he improved. He really did. He's got the stats to prove it. Uh, the super sophomore threw for 
3,383 yards and 36 touchdowns in 12 games. He led the JSU Tigers to the last two Southwestern Athletic Conference titles, and he's a really big deal. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Another YSL associate accepts a plea deal in the sweeping gang, gang indictment involving rapper Young Thug. Antonio Sumlin, who is also Young Thug's brother, pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to violate the RICO Act, two counts of conspiracy to commit a crime, and participation in criminal street gang activity. As a part of his negotiated plea, Sumlin was sentenced to 15 years of probation. Sumlin is among six defendants who have pleaded guilty ahead of next month's trial. The initial indictment charged 28 defendants, including rappers Young Thug and Gunna, who entered a negotiated uh, Alfred plea earlier this month. As of Thursday evening, 23 defendants remained charged in this case. And going back to Deion Sanders and his sons, you know, there's there's two sons, there's three kids, all of them uh, attended Jackson State. So Shador is, of course, the star uh, athlete, the quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, people are already, you know, questioning as to will he be able to continue to elevate and really perform, you know, on this next level uh, that he's headed to Colorado. But if I'm not mistaken, I, I have heard that the, the other son, Shiloh, um, either he hasn't announced that he's leaving or there was maybe some controversy as to whether he was going or staying. The last I heard across social media, this is allegedly that he was staying uh, at Jackson State because he'd become comfortable and that's where he wanted to go and that maybe there was um, a little riff uh, between him and dad about uh, the departure. So it'll just be interesting to see how this all plays out. I'm hoping for the best for everybody in whatever decision they've decided to make. I know as a fallout, a lot of the uh, kids that uh, primetime did uh, recruit have, have gone into the portal and are going elsewhere, mm -hmm. but we'll just see how it all falls out. It's about, you know, progressing in life and people making different decisions and change yeah, and, it's and how you handle change. And it's important to remind people, you know, primetime didn't hurt nobody, right? You know, he went to JSU, mm -hmm. he did a fantastic job, he reinvigorated the program, he attracted, he attracted more mm -hmm. investment in the program, mm -hmm. you know, and now he's made a decision that's the best decision for him and his family. Um, already we're starting to see the benefits of that decision to his son. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, for all the people and all the chatter out there, you know, it's like, yeah. hold up, yeah. and slow up. It's you know, become the, the, one of the biggest chat chattings, if you will, of the year. Like, he, people have really He ain't hurting nobody. He ain't hurting <laughs> nobody, right? And, yeah. and so we can, I understand people may feel disappointed. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I stood right here, mm -hmm. and I really wanted Coach Primetime to stay at least another year longer. or two at JSU, but I can understand you his decision. you got to strike while the iron is hot. Right? And that's not too, um, you know, put down anybody else's opinion that that feels otherwise it's just sometimes in, in these industries you gotta you gotta go when they're getting this good this good there are plenty of nfl players out there that are retired mm -hmm. uh, that have stellar records that could choose to uh, go coach at an hbcu tomorrow well, maybe they will. right and so hopefully you know maybe they're inspired by what coach primetime has done at jsu and may decide to to go to go go to JSU or another HBCU. Mm -hmm. Now moving on, Pusha T has publicly cut ties with Kanye West's former record label Good Music, which he first joined in 2010 and remained with through the release of his 2022 Grammy-nominated album It's Almost Dry. <laughs> In 2015, Pusha became the president of Good, but in a new interview with XXL, 
He confirmed his affiliation with the label was cut following West anti-Semitic rants. The company's parent label, Def Jam, ended its business relationship with Good in late October and clarified that its working relationship with West ended in 2021. Pusha now shares a 50-50 deal directly with Def Jam for his music and is under his own label, Airwave Music Group. The fight to save the critically acclaimed Broadway play Ain't No More was supported by some of entertainment industry's heavyweights. Ain't No More imagines a world where the U.S. government offers black Americans a one-way ticket to Africa. Hashtag save ain't no mo became a rallying cry on social media after a closing date was abruptly set for December 18th. That was just two weeks after the play opened. Will and Jada Smith, Shonda Rhimes and Tyler Perry, among many others, bought out entire performances to keep that show going. Shows are scheduled through today while the campaign rallies on to keep the performance running on Broadway. I really hope that uh they're able to succeed in keeping this performance going. I am you know too. what? Uh, what an amazing time for Black Broadway. We, we've seen, mm -hmm. we saw a Strange Fruit win really big at the Tony Awards. Uh, we're seeing, you know, more uh, Black Broadway plays being supported, um, not just by you know Black folks, but you know, appealing to you know broader audiences. Um, and I know this is a play personally that I want to see. I and do. so selfishly, I hope that uh, it's still that, running, when we it's have still some running time to after go. the top of the year. Mm -hmm. And you would imagine, especially with, you know, the snowstorm, mm -hmm. you know, hitting the country so hard that if not for any other reason, extend it well into the new year so mm -hmm. that, you know, more people can go out and see it. You know, you know, people vote. Uh, with their dollars, they work. They vote with their feet, and uh, so far, a lot of people have been um, really sharing a lot of good news. Uh, really, absolutely captivated uh, by the performances in this play, and so uh, I hope that we can uh, see it at the top of the year. I agree. Yeah. Well, coming up, stories of giving this holiday season. Black excellence after the break. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. That's right. All right, Soulmates, 21 Savage held his fourth annual Grant-A-Wish event this week at the Wade Walker Park Family uh, WMCA in Stone Mountain, Georgia, where he blessed a wealth of local families with gifts for the holiday season. Now, during the event, Georgia State represented the British-born, I didn't know that, uh, talent with a prestigious honor as December 21st will now be known as 21 Savage Day in recognition of his extraordinary philanthropic efforts. That's right, 21 Savage has become one of the most giving artists in hip hop. In addition to spreading Christmas cheer, he donated money to immigrants for help with legal counsel. He donated laptops to students in Atlanta and has hosted back to school drive. That's fantastic. 21 has also expanded his bank account financial literacy program with the bank account at home initiative, which further assisted youth with wealth building resources in the midst of the pandemic. Congratulations to him. That's right. I'm the Cordelide Corte. I'm Courtney Hicks. Well, uh, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too. Right. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a very Merry Christmas. Yes. And uh, uh, this is your first Christmas with, with hubby. 
well, yeah, sort of, kind of. In spirit. Yeah, in we'll spirit. be in two separate places, but we'll make that thing happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and hello to hubby, to, yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And all your family. And travel safe. Thank you. And text me and let me know you got to where I you will, get there. I will, I will. Hopefully, hopefully this year is much different from last year. Mm -hmm. Last year, we both had COVID. I, oh. he, he was supposed to meet me in the Bay Area. He was in Virginia. He got COVID in Virginia. I had COVID in the Bay Area. I was quarantined in, in the Bay Area. He was quarantined in Virginia. And so this is going to be our first Christmas together in, oh, in a year. So nice. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Soulmates. Have a wonderful, safe, warm uh, uh, holiday weekend. So everybody's going to be chilly. That's right. And we appreciate you so very much. We have a very you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Stay lifted. That's right. That's right. <laughs>